Trace Jackson Davis spoke to the media about coming back to Bloomington, and this is a man with very big visions of the future for Indiana basketball. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, May 24th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Trace Jackson Davis spoke for the first time after returning to Bloomington and had some big things to say. Talked about his... uh, his decision itself and the future for IU basketball. So I had to bring somebody on to talk about that with me. Uh, My friend and yours, Jared Gasul. Jared, bud, uh, before we dive into this, what was just your reaction to Trace coming back? We're winning the national championship. We're going undefeated. Nobody get in our way. All rational, all rational. Does that does that sum does that sum it up about right? <laughs> the uh, video that he tweeted out got me pumped up, and kudos to uh, whoever's making those with IU Athletics because races was the same way that I was super hyped whenever he came back as well after watching that video. He Trace that is talked um, about a, what's been a probably a pretty weird last couple of weeks for him because. Uh, with COVID, with going through this whole process and everything, uh, I'm sure it has been a very stressful uh, handful of weeks. But um, he's, he spoke about uh, not being able to take part in the combine, how that was a big damper was the word he used. Uh, but because of that, that made the decision pretty easy. He said the combine would have been the biggest influence in his decision. And uh, he said he tested positive for COVID. He's been asymptomatic. Uh, I believe last Monday he tested negative. He was ready to fly out to Chicago to go take part in the combine. He's been working out in L.A. was ready to take part in the combine. And then positive test Tuesday and Wednesday meant that he was not able to take part in it. Um, And then that he turned down a chance to, to do some draft workouts with the individual teams as well. Does that surprise you at all that he didn't even take that opportunity to work out for teams? Um, a little bit that he decided not to do that, but again, we're—I I think Trace has a realistic expectation. I, I, I can't imagine that Trace hasn't looked at mock drafts, seen where he stands, or in some cases doesn't stand. Um, and I think once you lose. You know, once you lose that big opportunity at the combine to do it in front of everybody, you know, it also helps at the combine. I'm sure when you get to see all 30 teams at the combine, you get to have those conversations and then you can kind of pick and choose and be like, okay, I liked, I liked meeting the guy from the Hornets. I like meeting the guy from the Thunder. I like meeting this guy and that guy and not being able to build those relationships at the combine, I think makes those individual workouts a little more. Uh, a, a little more impersonal and a little bit more of a crapshoot. And I don't think, rightfully so, I don't think he wanted to waste his time. I think, you know, once that happened, he was ready to make his decision and more importantly, start getting 
you know, getting ready for the season because there's a difference between working out for the combine and working out for a basketball season, you know, working out for the combine, you're lifting weights so that you can do more bench press reps, not so you can back someone down in the paint. You know, you're not, you're working on jumping higher, not for the sake of it's going to help my game, but for the sake of, Oh, these teams are going to see, I have a 35 inch vertical, whatever it may be, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's talk. Um, so I, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't surprise me now that the combine had sort of been ruled out that he's saying, okay, let's get into basketball shape, not draft shape and, and get ready to move forward with his career that way. It's also a difference working out or performing at the combine where all 30 teams are watching you versus working out for an individual team where even then one team is watching four or five, six, seven, however many guys that they're inviting in. They're not going to have Trace come in for a one-on-one workout. There's only top picks really do that. So Trace is going to be in there with a big group of guys. And at best, there's only – he basically only has uh, this week – I was looking at my calendar – this week to make his decision because I believe June 1st is the deadline. So realistically, how many draft workouts could he have even gotten to in this week? And is it worth going to three or four draft workouts – knowing that that's not really going to change anything. Um, He had spoken after he committed that if he wasn't a first-round pick, he wasn't going to stay in the draft. It was pretty clear he wasn't going to be, and the best bet for him to do that was at the Combine, have a stellar Combine, really work your way up like that. Once that was off the table, uh, it makes sense that he just, as you said, stopped – kind of preparing for the combine or draft workouts or anything like that and come back to Bloomington and um, start getting ready for another season. A couple other tidbits about his decision. Uh, He said Mike Woodson was actually a little surprised. I think we were all surprised. Did you expect him to make a decision as early as he did? No, but I was also expecting someone to get their hands on it a little bit early. I didn't expect trace to basically break the news himself and i I mean i don't know about you i didn't see anybody tweet anything up until the point where he tweeted out the video um himself so i'm that that was more surprising to me that there was no leads on this from anybody and you know whether that means other people in the media were caught as off guard as mike woodson and you and me is probably my best guess but um no look he he did it his own way. I was not expecting it this early, but listen, I'll take Christmas. I'll take Christmas in May any day of the week. Uh, no, nobody tweeted it out uh, beforehand. Uh, I looked at my timeline when it happened. Um, it was just out of the blue. Here's a video posted to Trace's Twitter page. And uh, then after that, obviously people reacting to it and whatnot. But also Mike Woodson talked to him a day before. So I wonder what that conversation was that on the next day when presumably he calls Mike Woodson and says, I'm coming back. Mike Woodson is surprised. So um, fair play, but it's a happy surprise, as you said. He also said that NIL money didn't play a part in his decision. He said he knew it would be here if he came back, but um, it wasn't anything that influenced his decision. Fair enough. If he was going to the NBA, I don't know that he would have made the six figures that he's going to make um, with the NIL this or with NIL this year. But he would have made a, a pretty good contract, 
probably a two-way deal, uh, and then you're you're set either way. So um, maybe not entirely surprising. Daniel Money did not influence him at all. He spoke a lot about next season, and he is very optimistic, very bullish about next season, both individually and for the team as a whole, and has some high expectations that aren't far off what you started off this podcast talking about. So we'll look at what he had to say about uh, next season in Bloomington. First, though, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, MLB scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. They also released um, college football uh, win projection over-unders. I use was at four and a half. Are you taking the over or the under on that? You know I'm taking the over, and I hate that I'm saying that. <laughs> I hate that I'm saying that, but you know I'm taking the over. That's flirting with bowl eligibility. I don't even know if I can get there yet. We'll, we'll be talking football in the coming weeks, and by then I'll talk myself into it. But Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen. Uh, now for your next listen, once we're finished up here, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you guys get podcasts. My voice still a little bit hoarse today. apologize for that. Um, Jared, I noticed your voice is not hoarse like mine is. Is there a... Uh, is there a reason for that? Were you not celebrating yesterday? Oh, I was just celebrating a beautiful Sunday. The weather was the weather was lovely. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. It's hard to be excited when you know. You know what? I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> you can celebrate next weekend, and I will not be able to. So fair play. You can rub it in then. Uh, hopefully, we're all gonna be celebrating next season in Bloomington because Trace coming back, as we talked about on Monday's episode. Uh, puts IU into the national conversation, and that is where Trace expects to be this season. Uh, first, individually, uh, and maybe most interestingly from all this he talked about, he talked about wanting to do more pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop type of stuff. Uh, if you saw the video Draft Express tweeted maybe a couple weeks ago now, um, it showed him doing a lot of pick-and-pop type of stuff out to the three-point line. Uh, he said he'd been trading like a guard in Los Angeles, which meant more ball handling, more outside shooting. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, putting more pick and pop, pick and roll into the offense? Because we saw it at the end of the year and it looked uh, really effective. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big weapon for this team, especially bringing Race back as well, having him be a potential roller. Having, I mean, you could put bodies literally everywhere with this team that they're going to put on the floor this year, assuming everyone's healthy. Um, I wonder if this was also part of Woody's pitch to keep him on the team a little bit. Um, just in general, coming into the draft this year, being a guy who's six. 6'9", only really plays underneath the rim. Uh, that's not really what NBA teams are looking for, uh, especially in the second round when they're looking to take a flyer on a guy who might bring them some upside down the road. Um, and when you're not coming out after you know freshman year, 
the NBA kind of just evaluates you differently in terms of your general upside. So I do wonder if part of Woody's pitch is to help make him more of a jump shooter, showcase his abilities there and say, look, you can become more of a jump shooter. You're able to knock down this jumper and teams are going to look at you in the second round that wouldn't have looked at you here. Um, That's only a theory, but Look, in terms of what it does for this offense, I mean, you saw how crowded the paint got last year. Um, teams knew what we were trying to do. Um, most of the time, quite frankly, they still couldn't stop it. Um, but adding that versatility to the offense and especially to your best player's game is such a such a big weapon, uh, especially come tournament time when defenses start to really key in on what you're doing. And we obviously now expect this to be a perennial uh, tournament team uh, so I, I, it works both ways. It works for trace and his NBA prospects. And I think it works really well for this Indiana offense, especially when you saw last year, anything inside of 10, 12 feet was just totally cut off and trace would have to make some really difficult shots. I think it also adds a, um, I guess, dependable type of action or play to go to late in games. How many times did we see during, kind of February really as a whole against Wisconsin, against Ohio State, those games where, as you said, they packed it into the paint. IU standing there, ball over their hand, trying to get it into Trace. You waste however many seconds doing that. He can't make a move because everybody's around him and it's just a lost possession. If you come down the court and get into a pick and roll, try that a couple times, um, you're going to create something there, whether it's defense is helping whether it's a pick and or a roll, and there's just so many other actions that you can attack. Uh, that that certainly is a feels a lot more dependable, but just more variety offensively, which is a good thing. And like you said, late in the season, um, IU was doing a ton of pick and roll, and they it was hard to stop them. Um, Trace's athleticism was kind of in full display, and a lot of those just being able to go up and get. Uh, lobs and finish and um, that was impressive and really a big thing that helped them in that push late in the season also to your point Mike Woodson told Trace that he wants him to shoot four to five jumpers per game Trace said he was kind of so dominant on the low block last year he didn't really need to do that Um, I kind of thought it was just really a mentality thing but between him talking today, the the video of him in L.A. just cashing three-pointers and, and jumpers uh, has me a lot more optimistic about what could be this upcoming season. He also talked about just kind of his mindset last year when he caught the ball in those situations was kind of looking around and assessing and then deciding he guessed he would shoot. And you're out of rhythm at that point. He said one of the biggest things um, – he kind of learned working out in LA is just catching fire when you're in rhythm and it's a big difference. So that four to five number seem about right to you next season. You want more, you want less. No, I, I feel comfortable in that range. And if it works early in the season, then feed me more of it. You know, you don't have to go, you don't have to go spoil everything and go too heavy too early, you know, make sure he gets in a rhythm early in the season and then gradually increase that workload on the jumpers. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, though, is do you think he could take his teammates with him? 
uh, to Los Angeles to work on those <laughs> shooting drills. One, because the shooting was awful last year, but two, he said catch and fire, and I, that's just illegal for Indiana players to do. <laughs> the amount of times every single player on this team would catch a ball, hesitate, be totally out of rhythm because no one wanted to shoot the ball. I mean, can, can we can we hire whatever coach that is that's that's teaching him that mentality? Because I think everyone could use that a little bit. Are you saying that every IU player should have declared for the draft, went with Trace to LA, worked out for a month, and then returned to Bloomington and and use that as the uh, practice for the rest of the summer? Whatever fuels the fire. Whatever fuels the fire. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, if they if they hear this and they want to put me in the athletic department because they think it's a brilliant idea, I, I'm open. I can send them my resume. But until until then, you know, it's whatever. It's at the coaching staff's discretion. He did talk about wanting to take Malik Renault under his wing this summer um, and help him adapt to the college game, adapt to Bloomington, which encouraging to see. His expectation for next season is championships, plural is what he talked about. First the Big Ten, then kind of seeing what comes of the NCAA tournament. Here was the money quote of the day, though. Quote, when Indiana basketball is good, college basketball is good. I think we have a chance to be really, really good next year. Trace is not not someone who – he's not reserved. He'll talk to you during – media and pressers and whatnot, he's not ever really this bullish. So hearing him talk about um, he thinks that IU has a chance to be really, really good, they do. He's not wrong. Is he setting the bar too high? Is this what you expect this IU team to be? No, this is what Indiana basketball should be, quite frankly. This is this is the expectation that every Indiana basketball fan typically has of an Indiana basketball team. It's a top 10 recruiting class, which they now have and is a perennial contender for, at the very least, the Big Ten. Um, quite frankly, quite frankly, we could have a whole other podcast, at least two other podcasts, about the viability of Big Ten basketball in the national in the in the tournament. We can have a whole long debate about that because we all have our thoughts there. Um, but yes, at the very least, this should be the expectation: is that they're fighting for the Big Ten. Um, this is. And it's great to hear him say this, and it just makes you sort of think and wonder back, you know, a couple of years ago when the season got shut down, how important it would have been for these guys to see Indiana in the tournament and get that experience. I think it goes to show how important it was that they made the tournament this year um, and got that experience because it means a lot. It does mean a lot. And it's, a great thing that he can now take these kids under their wing, uh, especially Malik and tell them what it is, you know, what it's like to be in the tournament and set the bar and set the expectation. You know, you don't get a top five, top 10 recruiting class with the expectation that, Oh, you know, we'll finish fourth in the big 10 and we'll, you know, if we make a sweet 16, that's great. You know, that that's not, a championship mentality and that's not a championship bar that you want to set. And part of that does come from Mike Woodson, I'm sure. I mean, he, you know, Trace wouldn't be saying this if Mike Woodson wasn't saying this. Let's, let's just be honest. And maybe that's part of what Mike Woodson told him in that meeting before the day before he committed back to Indiana is that, look, I have us, you know, I, I want us competing for national championship this year. You're a big part of that. 
and that's a big selling point to a kid. And that should again, again, that should be the expectation for Indiana basketball is that they're competing for Big Ten championships every single year, and that they look primed for an NCAA tournament run. And if everyone's healthy and comes in as they should, then they they will. Then quite honestly, they will. Yeah, and you made a really you made a point there that reminded me of a previous Hoosier who had a notable return. We're going to talk about Trace, his return, some other re- big guy or big names that returned to Bloomington here in just one moment. So when you were talking about him coming back as kind of a leader and taking guys under their wing, uh, I thought about Yogi Ferrell in his final season in Bloomington where um, he, it was a, it was kind of a similar situation where he probably wasn't going to be a – I don't even know that he ended up getting drafted. I don't think he did. He probably wasn't going to be a draft pick. He had put his name in the um, – uh, he had declared and whatnot, and he ends up coming back, and he was someone that had all the experiences his freshman year and returns for his senior year, and he was the leader of that team. Uh, in really every sense, and he helped that team back to a Sweet 16. Do you see comparisons there with with a guy like Trace coming back and now being kind of the leader of this team and uh, being able to to kind of teach everyone based on the experiences he's had? I do. I think it's. I, I think that's a big factor, and I think I think the chance to become a true Indiana legend is not something that everybody gets to have, no matter how good or talented at basketball you are. I mean, it's just not something that comes along. And honestly, adding an Indiana legend in Jordan Holes to the coaching staff, I'm sure definitely, you know, I'm sure he got in Trace's ear at some point and said, look, I I can step foot in Bloomington anytime I want and be the most popular person on this 40,000, you know, person campus. Like it, it's it's great being an Indiana legend, and so few, again, so few people get that opportunity. Trace, I think, knows what it means. I think it's just great, and I think it's great for people coming into the program too to be playing with an Indiana legend. I, I mean, he is he's he cemented that legend status when he brought us to the tournament last year or this year, I guess, and got us a win in the tournament. Um, but to play with a, a bona fide Indiana basketball legend is a big draw, and it's very it's very important to the mentality of the team. Again, you said you know you said it before. You said you saw it with Yogi Ferrell back in uh, back five years ago, or or however long ago that was. You know, it's it, it is important, and I think. I'm just, I'm just really happy, man. I'm just really happy. I think he's he's exactly where he belongs. Trace is exactly where he belongs. There's kind of levels to being a an IU legend of sorts. Um, you can have the guys like I was trying to look up some names to compare him to, but guys that stayed a couple of years, had productive careers. Your your OG Ananobis, your Thomas Bryant's might be a better example who. Absolutely, or IU legends, IU fans love them. Um, and then they go on to the NBA and have productive careers. Then you have guys like Cody, like Yogi, now Trace, who guys who stayed, brought lots of success, um, and 
are solidified. Like we, we talked on Monday's episode is cements his legacy and he's going to be one of those guys. Now the other name, as I mentioned that I thought about immediately was, I don't know that I've reacted this like positively to a, to somebody returning since Cody said that he was coming back. Cause that was, he would, he would have gotten drafted after his freshman season. Um, I mean, do you are there comparisons there? Do you remember your reaction when when Cody came back versus when uh, when Trace comes back? Yeah, and my reaction's honestly pretty similar now as it was back then. It's I'm surprised. Let's go win some basketball games. Let's go, you know, let's go make a run at a championship. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did in 2012, 2013 season. And that's what I expect this team to do this year. Is is buckle up. You know, this team doesn't quite have the the veteran depth that that team did, which is why they were the number one team in the country um, preseason and going into the tournament. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely similarities, and I think it's I, I think it just continues to rejuvenate the program, and that's you know from where it was even two years ago to now is nothing short of a major rejuvenation and a re-energization of the program and the fan base. So I think my reaction now is pretty similar to what it was back then. Let's go win some damn basketball games and let's go, let's go raise another banner. Yeah. And I, there is something to be said about playing with an IU legend. Like you said, it, it, maybe it's coincidence, but having Yogi play with Cody and then going on and leading, there was nobody that really took that mantle. Maybe Juwan Morgan a little bit. Um, and, but nobody, I guess after Juwan, Juwan would probably classify in there. But after Juwan, nobody really had taken that uh, until Trace now. So it'll be interesting to see. There's so, there is something to it, to being able to play with someone that's going to be revered and talked about for an entire season all around Indiana. Uh, as you said, with Jordy, he can step on IU's campus. He can step in Assembly Hall. Everybody's going to know who he is. Trace is going to be like that, and not because he's 6'10", but because he is Trace Jackson Davis and, and means so much to this program. So there is something to that to maybe convince guys to stick around for that extra season and go for it because, listen, the team that wins a title next in Bloomington at IU – like they're set for life. They're going to be celebrated forever. And uh, I, everybody wants to be that team. And there, there are still all these legends we're talking about that didn't win national titles that still are solidified as um, legends of IU basketball. So Trace took a really big step, probably cements his legacy in Bloomington and that's before he even touches a basketball for this next season. It's going to be a really exciting one. Uh, going to I'll be back tomorrow to talk comparing him, or excuse me, comparing this team to some various other teams, probably some of those Cody Zeller, those Yogi Ferrell teams recent years, and just look at what the expectations should be for this team next season. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Even though Trace isn't in the draft anymore, you guys can still get caught up with Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin. They give fans an in-depth look into basketball's biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and obviously big boards. 
Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Tuesday in LEO.